first of all, I think there is no shortcut to gaining exposure to any investment without a portfolio approach. And a portfolio approach to me is a disciplined process that has guidelines around it and the commitment. Diversifying across vintage years, cycles, industries, and strategies is all very important. You have hundreds of private equity or venture funds. Which one to invest with? That requires a very thoughtful uh, process. Also, you want to think about where are the new opportunities. Even in large, sophisticated markets like the United States, for instance, 90% of the companies are private companies. And so it's only through private equity and venture capital that an investor gets the chance to participate in the growth of those businesses and the profitability of those. The biggest really discipline across everything is understanding the drivers of return. If you have a good understanding of the drivers of return and then ask yourself, what if these drivers are not there? Investing is really a skill set in uh, every asset class. Venture and private equity, if you think about if you want to simplify it, private equity is you're buying a business that you think you can do something better in it, an existing business, and uh, for taking that time to do that effort, uh, if you do it well, you're going to earn a return that is better than if you just go and buy a company that you have no control over, which is investing in stocks. And then if you move towards venture, so venture, you're looking at a new technology that hasn't, it's, it's a new business altogether. And naturally, we all, it's common sense that if you're starting a new business, your risk is higher. But then if you do it right, your return is going to be higher. An overall portfolio uh, needs different elements that play different roles. And the role of venture capital and private equity is to generate very high returns. Um, it does it at the expense of illiquidity in that portfolio, and that's why you need more liquid elements. But it's proven over decades with hundreds of billions of dollars that sophisticated, larger uh, investors have been able to generate very high returns with these asset classes. You know, at levels higher than 10% a year, 1,000 basis points in some cases, even 2,000 basis points in the case of venture, and 500 to 800 basis points a year outperformance in, in private equity. And you need that for some meaningful portion of the portfolio so that the overall return of the, the portfolio meets the return objectives for the, um, you know, the principles of that capital. Fundamentally, they're inefficient markets. There's plenty of data out there. Even in large, sophisticated markets like the United States, for instance, 90% of the companies are private companies. And so it's only through private equity and venture capital that an investor gets the chance to participate in the growth of those businesses and the profitability of those. And so just to use some basic numbers, in the U.S., for instance, uh, the market cap of the public markets is about uh, $50 trillion. And the, that capital is chasing the return in 10% of the available targets to invest in, whereas a few trillion dollars is chasing the returns of 90% of the available opportunities. What happens is in private equity, um, 
a firm that raises funds can take their time picking their investments. They do this over three, four, five years. They can add value by hiring the management team, um, uh, running an operational playbook to, to uh, grow the businesses. They can pick their moment to sell it. And that's a proven methodology to generate uh, substantially higher returns than they can get in public equities. Uh, venture capital is a higher risk game, but if done well, pays you very well for those risks. Um, and so at the end of the day, it's the um, private equity and venture capital are the pathway to enjoy the returns in a very inefficient market. Be with managers who have a disciplined process of being patient when to deploy uh, money. And all of this, all of, all of this really requires a very objective way of looking at managers. These institutions have put a, a whole process, a criteria for selecting uh, fund managers. Because remember, you have hundreds of private equity or venture funds. Which one to invest with? That requires a very thoughtful uh, process. Also, you want to think about where are the new opportunities. For example, AI is the, is the big thing. Five years ago, nobody paid attention to that. Uh, so, so again, you know, being able to figure out who are the new teams who are coming out, being in that, in that circle is part of what this process uh, entails. The best approach, very similar to other asset classes um, and approaching in, um, uh, investing, institutional investing overall, is to build a diversified portfolio. And so you, first of all, need the expertise and the experience to do that. Some organizations have it internally, most don't, um, but there are various means um, through fund of funds, advisors, um, or other you know, outsourced CIO firms that have the expertise to build those portfolios. So a couple of the fundamentals are um, you know, really a bottom, bottoms up selection process for the firm and the strategy, as opposed to a sort of a top-down approach. Um, so a lot has to do with the makeup of the firm that's going to be doing the investing. What, what is their edge? Typically, you find expertise in different industry verticals, um, in, sometimes in regional or geographical, um, sometimes in um, sort of a methodology of building a company up, diversifying across vintage years, cycles, industries, and strategies is all very important. Um, and ultimately, you want to have a very stable approach to it. So you don't want to, you don't want to show up when the industry is frothy and then lose your nerve and not invest for a period of years, sort of a, bo a boom and bust cycle. The best investors in these asset classes take a methodical approach year in and year out. Some of these uh, years end up being terrific years with a tailwind and others end up being more challenging. But as, as what we would call an LP investor, as a limited partner investor in those, it's very hard, if not impossible, to time the market. My advice typically is start small and build up to uh, an exposure, but get your feet wet, so to speak. Ultimately, you want it to be large enough to be meaningful to, to affect the overall return. Those levels are probably sort of 5 to 10%. Those are the levels that you know, institutional investors maybe 30, 40 years started with. Uh, if you look at the large university endowment, some of the pensions, you know, 25, 30, 35 years ago, 
would have sort of single digit exposures to those asset classes. Typically private equity was larger than venture capital, but now the most sophisticated investors have about a 50-50 split between the two and might have upwards of 35, 40, even 50% of those uh, pools of capital exposed to those two asset classes. That's a lot. So my advice is start small, do this over time, um, and, and build up to higher levels after you've gained confidence, um, you've kind of worked through the kinks. Um, it's very important early on to be mindful of um, um, having sources of liquidity and not you know, getting over your skis um, early on and understanding how all that works. Ultimately, over time, the typical pattern is as you gain confidence, as your board or the principal sees the results, and the results take a long time to come out. Um, but once, once you get some maturity in your portfolio um, and you've done it well, you're really happy with that. And typically, people want more of that. And so what you have over time is a 5% allocation goes to 10, a 10 goes to 15 or 20 for larger uh, sophisticated entities you know, 20% exposure goes to 25, 30, 40 in some cases. But this happens over many years and, and often decades. There is no shortcut to gaining exposure to any investment without a portfolio approach. And a portfolio approach to me is a disciplined process that has guidelines around it and the commitment. If you study how these sophisticated institutions have done investing, whether in the public or the private equity and venture world, they follow a portfolio approach. And the portfolio approach very much rests on the assumptions that you have a clear process, you have also a vision of what you want to do, so that you are committed to this type of uh, investing style. And so my advice to investors, unless you can have access to such an approach, do not get involved in privates because you're used to public and if you change your mind, you can get out totally, whether it's a loss. In privates, it's a much longer process. And rightly so, because if you, if you, if you are a business owner, can you really change your mind and close the shop tomorrow and go and do something else right away? It takes time and it's the same thing. It's not simply let me look at the top quartile managers because if it is that simple and everybody would have uh, uh, done it. I think, you know, it's a, it's a more rigorous process into looking at what are the drivers of performance or what are the drivers of potential performance. And that will speak about their, the, the team operation capability or even, you know, uh, what was the environment where the team have generated the returns? Was it a, a simple, positive environment where the tide rises all boats or they maneuver through different environments? I think also paying attention to the firm culture. Firm culture is a very important. I think the, the moment you give your money to someone, you, you, you have no control of the money. And in public markets, you can get out. You change, you don't like it, you can get. In private markets, you've signed up for these people to take your money and for them to go and buy businesses and fix them and what have you. So again, you want to make sure that those people that you signed up with have a proper form, firm culture 
obviously, you know, their credibility, their honesty and integrity stands at, at the top, but then also their ability to work together in the alignment of uh, interest. I think also, you know, the uh, playing the game well, as in being patient. I think people forget that when you want to invest in private equity or venture, you want to not go and deploy the money from day one because that is not how real life is if somebody tells you i'm going to go and deploy the money from day one you are taking too much risk the idea being is that you are going to select different different fund managers and and you're going to pick different vintages as in not going in all in one year so if we look at what recently happened prior to 2022 these Anybody who was deploying money at this time was deploying money at high valuation, naturally, because of the zero interest rates environment. So you want to really uh, do a vintage diversification and also be with managers who have a discipline process of being patient when to deploy uh, uh, money. And all of, this, all, of, all of this really requires a very objective way of looking at managers. There are not many places to go uh, to get exposure. Either you hire your own team that's expensive, it takes expertise, and you have to have a lot of capital to be able to, uh, for the economics to make sense. There are some fund of funds in some other places, but they, they, their capacity gets sold out and largely their investors are larger institutional investors. So traditionally you need a lot of capital in the tens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars. Obviously that's a limiting factor. Uh, um, access, where do you go to get exposure? Uh, it's, it's expensive. Um, and, um, it, and there, there are administrative issues and hurdles. You have to have, you know, traditionally you have to hire lawyers. The, the subscription process is cumbersome. Once you've made an investment, uh, um, the, the capital typically is not drawn down at the at the start, but slowly over time. So you have to have administrative resources to meet capital calls when when they're made. Typically, a capital call will say, "Hey, send us X in ten days." And you have to be prepared for that. You have to manage your liquidity sources uh, very carefully because if you get a capital call, you got to come up with the cash to meet that. And so these are areas of innovation um, as. Um, as there's demand from smaller and smaller investors and indeed even individuals, things have to evolve to enable smaller investors to participate without the constraints that have typically limited them from uh, being able to uh, invest in these asset classes. Start small and build up to uh, an exposure, but get your feet wet, so to speak. Ultimately, you want it to be large enough to be meaningful to, to affect the overall return. Those levels are probably sort of five to ten percent. Those are the levels that you know institutional investors maybe 30, 40 years started with. Uh, if you look at the large university endowments, some of the pensions, you know, 25, 30, 35 years ago would have sort of single-digit exposures to those asset classes. Typically, private equity was larger than venture capital, but now the most sophisticated investors have about a 50-50 split between the two and might have upwards of 35, 40, even 50% of those uh, pools of capital exposed to those two asset classes. That's a lot. So my advice is 
start small, do this over time, um, and, and build up to higher levels after you've gained confidence, um, you've kind of worked through the kinks. Um, it's very important early on to be mindful of um, um, having sources of liquidity and not you know, getting over your skis um, early on and understanding how all that works. Ultimately, over time, the typical pattern is as you gain confidence, as your board or the principal sees the results, and the results take a long time to come out. Um, but once, once you get some maturity in your portfolio um, and you've done it well, you're really happy with that. And typically, people want more of that. And so what you have over time is a 5% allocation goes to 10, a 10 goes to 15 or 20 for larger uh, sophisticated entities you know, 20% exposure goes to 25, 30, 40 in some cases. But this happens over many years and, and often decades. I'm not advise anybody to get into illiquid investments unless it's done properly. Because this is something that they could lose their capital in or their money gets stuck for a long period of time. And if you take that that logic, then you want to really... Uh, ensure that you're investing with someone who has an actual portfolio approach. The world portfolio approach is a very important because the, the moment you talk about the portfolio approach and the moment that you set the time horizons right, it's almost, you know, kind of the planning. I need this money for my college education, kids in 10 years. That's a plan, okay? And so once you start with the, with the portfolio approach, I want to do it as a portfolio approach very much like what I do for my day-in, day-out job. Because again, you know, the, the first test to me is, is this something you do every day? Do you dedicate eight hours a day to investing? Yes, no. If you say no, then that's your first thing to say, I shouldn't touch it. The second part is, yes, I am dedicating eight hours. Am I doing it in a portfolio approach, disciplined approach like the institutions do it? And you can learn that, you know, today's access to information and knowledge is, is great. And to me, naturally, you're going to transition towards, let me see who are the people who are doing this properly. See if I can uh, be teaming up with them. It is, again, you know, no different than the uh, going to a doctor. Timing the market is, is difficult, although you do get a window every 10 years. Just like re real estate, you know, prices get bid up a lot, they become very expensive, and then something happens, they come down, and it becomes more affordable. I think, you know, the period we're entering now, uh, it started in Jan 2022, and, and, and it will take a couple of years, is, it is a period like that, whereby, you know, prices, capital is priced properly. Before, when zero interest rates, capital was free. Basically, there was... People were given money to go and invest. And now it is, the, you can earn 5% from it in the bank. So naturally now there are, everything has to compete with the 5%. Have a methodical approach to investing year in and year out, meaning uh, don't throw yourself in, you know, very heavily when there's the fear of missing out. And, there, and it's a frothy market and capital is chasing opportunities. Um, there, there's a, there's a you know, human nature is such that um, fear of missing out is a powerful effect. 
and um, and you see sort of the in these boom cycles a lot of capital and a lot of new entrants coming into it, and then when things get scary, uh, that capital disappears. Typically, those end up being the best uh, windows of opportunity. But again, they're very difficult to, to time. So to have a methodical program where you build up to an exposure in your portfolio and you maintain that exposure and you pivot off of that over a, a, a collection of vintage years is a, an important approach. Other things I've learned over the years is patience. And um, you know the, the things that I wish I had done differently, if I recalling some of these, were situations where I wasn't patient enough. Often, one's if you've done this a while, one's judgment and a manager and a strategy um, uh, might get tested uh, during for, for periods of time. You'll invest in a fund; it'll be moving slowly. You won't see the results necessarily in those portfolios. And I can cite three or four situations where uh, you know sometimes it wasn't just me, but it was in around the investment committee that I was a part of. I wasn't able to persuade my colleagues, let's stay in for one more fund. Um, and often those were the times where I wish I had done, you know, the next fund or maybe I downsized uh, a commitment, um, whereas I could have upsized. The biggest really discipline across everything is understanding the drivers of return. If you have a good understanding of the drivers of return and then ask yourself, what if these drivers are not there? That will save you a lot of uh, trouble. And of course, you know, with that, worrying about what if our assumptions are wrong? Because, you know, quite, quite often and naturally, the nature of investing is an optimistic business. Having the discipline in asking these questions. I, you know, so, so these are very simple common sense. But, uh, you know, having the discipline to go over them and say, Okay, before we do this investments, let us go through this thing and think it. When things are going fine, there's a lot of peer pressure. And when you have, when you're patient, when, you, when you're being patient, deploying capital, you need that discipline to keep you in that patient because of these things that you see that you're not comfortable with. And naturally, you want to also continuously revisit your assumptions. I think, you know, I cannot stress more how a process, how important a process is. Because the process, if it is built properly, it feeds into itself. So there is a continuous learning. Now, obviously, when, when it comes to private, private investing, once you put the money on the ground, you cannot change, change your mind. But then you're learning from that, from that information that you are getting the, uh, the, the feedback. So you make your process even better. So zero risk today, you earn 5%. If you extrapolate it to what is the market discounting over the next five years, you are around three and a half percent. And so naturally, if you move to bonds, you have to earn a spread over that. And if you move to equities, you have to earn a four percent over over cash. And then if you move from uh, public equities to private equity, you have to earn a minimum of 500, 5 percent to justify the, the, the liquidity premium. And then if you go with managers who have the skill, that's a thousand plus. You know, if I was going to take the cash return in the three to four percent range, then you know when when you add up these these numbers, you are talking about fifteen percent. Uh, but again, 
again, you know, to me, the 15% comes in with all with the skill set of a manager to be able to earn that return.